all across Minnesota right now, people are turning towards spring. If you're in the Driftless area in the southeastern part of the state, this might mean you are watching for trout to rise on spring-fed streams or itching to get out your rod and reel. But it was just a few weeks ago that temperatures were still frigid across Minnesota, and these stream trout had to survive in part on bugs that can super cool to live through our winter temperatures. Len Farrington from the University of Minnesota studies some of these tiny flies. Well, seeing a bug on the snow, seeing an insect on the snow, for me at least, it raises a lot of, of questions in my mind. And one of the very first questions that we tried to answer was, how is it that these insects can actually keep from freezing when the air temperatures are below freezing and they're walking around on cold snow? So one of the things that we were able to do was adapt a technique to insert a very fine wire-like thermoprobe into the body of the insect and then place, place the insect then with the probe attached to it in a box which is insulated to some degree and placed in a minus 80 degree um, centigrade freezer. The thermoprobe then is connected and sends a signal to the computer of the temperature of the body of the insect. And we can see it cooling over time in the freezer. And then when the body tissues actually freeze or the, the water in the body tissues actually freeze, it's a reaction that gives off heat. And we see a small blip on our data recording and that's the point at which the body of the insect or the fluids in the, in the body of the insect is freezing. And our results demonstrated that they can supercool to minus 20 degrees centigrade. Welcome to Explore, Teach, Conserve, or the ETC podcast by the University of Minnesota Extension. I'm your host, Nate Meyer. April is Citizen Science Month, and to kick it off, we are going to step back into winter for one more episode and share a project that you can keep on your radar for when the snow flies next. We are excited to talk with Len Farrington and Rebecca Swenson from the University of Minnesota's Bugs Below Zero project about their citizen scientific research to better understand the life cycle of tiny flies known as non-biting midges that are vital to the winter diet of trout in our Minnesota streams, but vulnerable to climate change. We'll learn more about their project and we'll learn how you can get more involved by looking for these midges, photographing, and submitting those photographs to the researchers. Hi, Lynn and Rebecca. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah. Nice to see you, Nate. I understand that midges are an important food source for trout in some of our Minnesota streams, but I was surprised to learn that they're out in winter and that studying these midges can actually help us understand how climate change might impact our hunting and recreational natural resources. So I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about these midges and where we might find them in Minnesota and why are you interested in studying them? 
Okay, one of the places that we find them and an area where we can have citizen scientists really help us with our research is on the um, snow around the banks of trout streams. And we work quite a bit in the southeastern corner of Minnesota, the driftless area, also known, I think, by some as kind of the area of bluff country. And in that area, we have a, a a large number of springs that bring groundwater to the surface at about eight degrees centigrade. And that keeps the streams from freezing in the winter. So we're really trying to understand the um, biology of these flies that emerge from the streams in the winter and, and fly to the snow banks where we can collect them. How would I know the flies when I see them? What do they look like on the side of the stream banks? They superficially resemble mosquitoes. They are about the same size. Most of the winter ones are dark in coloration and they have a very distinct antenna in the case of the male. It's a bushy antenna that you can see without magnification when they're kind of walking around on the snow. Sometimes they're pretty rare and you have to look, actually actively look for them. Other times they can be so abundant on a sunny day, even when it's below freezing in winter, that they look like somewhat like ants walking around on the snow. They're, they're often that abundant. The larval stages live in the water, under the water, on the rocks, usually in the riffle zones of these trout streams. And as larvae, they eat diatoms and algae that grow on the rocks, and they convert that nutrient and energy into insect tissue that the trout can eat. They eat them as larvae, of course, when the larvae are growing underwater. But when these insects uh, transition to uh, the end of their life cycle, they metamorphose to a winged adult and they um, swim to the surface of the water and then fly off. And at that point in time, they're very vulnerable to trout predation. And in some of our past research projects, we've actually been able to pump the stomachs of trout to capture the food items on sieves that, that they have eaten. And during these periods when the adults are emerging in large numbers, um, most of the items in the stomach of the trout on those days would be the, the adult midges that are in the process of metamorphosing and then if they're successful in flying off, of course, and landing on the snowbanks, but a large percentage of them are, are preyed upon by the trout at that time. Can you give our listeners a peek behind the scenes? How do you all go about your work and what are some cool tools, methods, or strategies that you use in your research? Well, I can take talk a little bit about big picture, how the team came together. So the project Bugs Below Zero was really um, from a grant from LCCMR, the Minnesota or the Legislative Citizen Commission on Minnesota Resources that allowed a group of ag communication faculty members like myself and a team from entomology, which is Lens Lab Group, come together and have sort of an interdisciplinary look at how do we get more people involved in um, looking at tiny insects. So how do we raise awareness about um, midges, how do we get people to appreciate and value their role in different food webs? And then how do we give them sort of a hands-on experience with the science? So we thought of the Bugs Below Zero project in general to get more people involved. 
and as a grew, you know, um, we also have got some trout experts who come to Lens Lab meetings, um, as well as some graduate students that work with Len. Can you talk a little bit about the long-term goals when these people get involved, when they're looking at tiny insects? What, what do you hope happens for them? Well, one of the things that I hope, of course, is that they contribute data to our research efforts. You know, as a research group, there's only so many days that we can actually be in the field collecting. We're somewhat limited in, in our time and effort that we can spend during the academic portions of the year. And we can assess about maybe as many as 30 to 35 streams a year, which in some respects is, sounds like quite a few, but keep in mind that there's more than 180 trout streams in the Driftless region of Minnesota. So every year we're only able to, to visit and work at a small number of them. So we're hoping that citizens that are out maybe cross-country skiing or hiking or even birding in the winter time, that if they, they notice these insects, they'll be able to send us information about them. And perhaps as a consequence of this podcast, maybe um, alert them to actually look for them because quite often if you're, you know, if you're looking through binoculars for birds that are foraging along the stream banks, you may or may not actually see the insects. It's easy for anglers and photographers and really anyone who likes to hike stream banks to contribute to Bugs Below Zero. You can visit their site to learn more about the midges and protocols then, it's easy as snapping a picture of the bugs when you see them, and then uploading your pictures and some data about where and when you took them to the project site. Once the pictures come in, what, what is it that you're doing with them? What is the analysis like in the background? Well, this is a brand new project, so we're still ironing out a lot of the details. But right now, as the, the pictures come in, they're shared weekly with our lab groups. So we've got a group of faculty in entomology and um, some trout experts too who look at the photos, help identify them. Um, and as people submit the photos, they also submit some details on weather conditions and where the streams are. So we look at them as a group. And then we are going to try to stay connected with some of the people who submit information and let them know how their, their um, data has helped the group as well as sort of what any updates might be with whatever we found. What do you expect to learn from the project? Well, I think, I mean, the citizen science piece of it is pretty new, but Len's been doing this research for a long time. So I think you can maybe talk a little bit more about big picture, what the research will learn, uh, what will teach us. I feel like the bugs below zero piece, hopefully just, you know, what is that secret life of bugs in the winter? The most surprising or fun maybe piece of the research for me has been taking a group of communication students down to um, participate in some of the field work and understanding all of the things that are happening underneath the snow and the ice when it feels like everything is dead in Minnesota, that there's actually a lot of important things happening um, kind of cool stories we can tell about insects in the winter. So a new appreciation for that and, um, you know, unlocking, unlocking some of the secrets that they might have, I think are what I hope comes out of the project. So more attention and awareness of what's happening when all of us are frozen in Minnesota. Also, adding in a little bit of biology for the insects, the species that are the most commonly encountered in the wintertime only 
complete their life cycle in the winter, and we do not find them growing in the summertime. They're adapted to the colder water temperatures of winter. And part of the adaptation probably revolves around oxygen dynamics in the water because as water cools, it can dissolve a higher concentration of oxygen. The converse of that is that in summertime, when the temperatures are higher, the oxygen is concentration is lower in the water. And these insects basically enter into a period of arrested development. And we, we think it's because of that reduction of oxygen in the summertime. And then they break their arrested development in the fall and begin to actively grow on rocks when the water temperature averages about 10 degrees centigrade. And of course, our groundwater in southeastern Minnesota is coming into the stream at about eight degrees centigrade, plus or minus one or two degrees. So a climate change that results in a two degree increase in water temperature could affect this dynamic. And if these insects were to be reduced in abundance or disappear, then that could translate into less food availability for the trout in the winter time. So we're kind of at a, almost at a tipping point in terms of the temperature whereby they either actively grow or do not grow. And our concern is that if the groundwaters get much above 10 degrees centigrade into the longer term future, that it could really reduce or totally extirpate some of the populations of the insects. Our listeners love to learn more about and help with projects like Bugs Below Zero. What is one thing that you suggest they can do to learn more about the midges you're studying or to help with your efforts? Anybody who's interested, I would encourage them to go to Bugs Below Zero. Um, we've built the egg communication students have worked with entomology faculty to build a website that's got quite a bit of information on it. So there's details about the research, um, help identifying midges so you don't mix midges up with other insects as you're out there looking for them, um, as well as some videos from the experts that have been involved in this project for a long time. We did an event back in February and um, recorded some of those presentations. So if you want a, little, a lot more detail on the research and how midges connect to trout and water quality, you can find those, those videos there. And then underneath the Get Involved tab too, um, listeners can get some more detail on how to take pictures. We want some close-up images as well as some images kind of a step back of the stream in general or the snowbanks in general. Um, and then some details on location, weather, and that sort of thing, which can all be submitted either via email or the Google form that's on our website. One audience that has been interested in this and we would like to continue getting some interest in is um, the K through 12 sector and teachers, because I think this project has a lot of potential to teach people about food webs in general. And one cool way to do that is to have these live hands-on experiences with insects. For the past year and a half, we've really benefited substantially from a uh, colleague of ours, Dr. Dean Hansen. And as part of his um, presentations, he goes into high schools, grade schools, and he has a, a activity that focuses more on the summer active aquatic insects. He actually brings in live specimens 
and he tells the, the students and other persons that are interested in the natural history of these organisms, tells them a little bit about their biology. Prior to this time, though, he's worked mostly with summer active insects, but he's um, willingly collaborated with us here now to try to develop some activities for winter active insects. One of the events that we had, um, I brought my nine-year-old too, so she could interact with Dean a little bit. And she loved having all the insects crawl on her hands and could identify them and learn a little bit more about how to tell them apart. Um, and it was fun to tell her the story of kind of a positive story about mosquitoes. Usually we're swatting them away and trying to get away from them in Minnesota. So it was nice to tell her a story about a non-biting midge or mosquito um, that she could learn a little bit more about um, and really generated some excitement for her as she's walking around outside from here on out to try to identify insects on her own. Here's the big last question. I know you are all familiar with social media apps. What is a hashtag or brief message that you wish would really take off now, like millions of people are sharing it? I, I have been intrigued with this project, again, just because I was totally unaware of all the cool things that were happening in the winter um, with these tiny insects and their key role in different food webs as well. So I guess my tweet would be, unlock the secrets of winter food webs with bugs below zero. Very creative, Rebecca. Unfortunately, mine is probably not so creative. Um, mine is just a little two-liner here. The next time you see a fly on the snow, please let us know. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the ETC. Huge thanks to Len and Rebecca for joining us. Visit www.bugsbelowzero.com to learn more about the project, the research team, and to get involved. This episode was recorded over Zoom from our homes during the coronavirus pandemic in 2021. We hope you enjoyed the opportunity for some advanced training during your daily walk while sitting at your desk or wherever you can listen in. Look for the ETC and subscribe on any of your favorite podcast services. Give us a thumbs up or drop a comment to let us know you value the podcast. Pass it along to others. We look forward to sharing another episode soon. In the meantime, we hope you stay safe, be healthy, and enjoy nature in place.